Okay, hello and welcome to Better Than the Movie. I'm Jeanette, she's Tamika, and we are here talking books. How are you today, my friend? I'm doing wonderful, enjoying this frosty, cold <laughs> weather that we're having. Um, doing really, really well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm a bit nervous that this weather is going to impact my trip that I have coming up for the end of the week. Oh, yeah. that's uh, You're going to Baltimore. Baltimore. To have big fun. With the wretches. Yes. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a good time. Yeah, one of my friends just moved there, so going to visit. Should be fun. You're such a traveler. We are doing this thing called the Midnight Circus. It's at an arena here in town, and it is basically an adult circus. I think that there are more like acrobats. There's no animals, but there's like um, projections of animals, and I'm imagining kind of Cirque du Soleil style acrobat, acrobatics and games, and all you can drink beer and champagne, and then there's a surprise musical guest at midnight, like a DJ spinning, and so we're super excited going with another couple. Hopefully we will not be the old people <laughs> in the club. Because I'm like, are we, is this for 20-year-olds? I don't know. I'm just going for the champagne. So. <laughs> I saw you tweeting about that, and I was like, oh my god, you had me at all you could drink champagne. Right? And then they have carnival food, and so it's supposed to be this underground-y thing, so we'll see. I wonder if they do anything like that here. Probably. It looks like oh, it's a... It's a um, a production company that goes to cities. But I'm like, I hope I don't go in my business casual club wear and all the kids are like in their rave gear or something. So I'm very nervous about that. Oh, the youth. Oh, the youth. We got a lot to cover. So much to cover. So much to cover. Um, first thing is uh, exciting for y'all, hopefully. We finally settled on a book. For the book club. For the book club. I'm so excited about the book club because I feel like people have been asking me for book suggestions. Um, and I have to ask them like 100 questions to get a feel for what they want. And now I can just say, hey, join our book club. This is what <laughs> we're doing. So you want to tell them the title? I'll tell them the title. You tell them the title. You tell them who it is. Drum roll. <laughs> I'm like tapping on my laptop. Okay. Okay. But, um, so the book that we chose is Claire of the Sea Light by Edwidge Danticat. Yay! Yay! Edwidge um, is your homegirl. It's no secret that I've talked about how much I stand for her. So I'm super happy, um, because it's been on my TBR list for a while, and now I will have a reason to move it up and read it immediately. I'm super excited. I, um, am excited to read this book for a number of reasons. It seems, um... I don't have very much um, experience reading books. I have not read very many books by um, black, is it black Caribbean authors? Um, is that the correct term? So no, yeah, black yeah. Caribbean authors or West Indian authors, I should say. And so I'm really excited to read more of her work um, and work that are books that take place in that part of the world, especially Haiti. So yeah, I'm super excited. So what is this book about? Well, the titular Claire, um, I'm just reading from the Amazon uh, okay. snippet, by the way. Um, it says she is an enchanting child born into love and tragedy in Ville Rose, Haiti. Claire's mother died in childbirth, 
and on each of her birthdays, Claire is taken by her father, Nazias, to visit her mother's grave. Nazias wonders if he should give away his young daughter to a local shopkeeper who lost a child of her own so that Claire could have a better life. But on the night of Claire's seventh birthday, when at last he makes the wrenching decision to do so, she disappears. As Nazias and others look for her, painful secrets, haunting memories, and startling truths are unearthed among the community of men and women whose individual stories connect to Claire, to her parents, and to the town itself. Told with piercing lyricism and the economy of a fable, Claire of the Sea Light is a tightly woven, breathtaking tapestry that explores what it means to be a parent, child, neighbor, lover, and friend, while revealing the mysterious bonds we share with the natural world. Mm. That sounds good. I don't know why that, even that description made it feel like it's a very peaceful kind of uh, introspective or book that will inspire that anyway. And it's giving me a little slight supernatural feel as well. So. Oh, okay. I'm excited. I um, was looking into the author, as I do, and it looks like that she was born in Porto Prince, Haiti, um, and she immigrated here to uh, Brooklyn, New York when she was 12 years old. She started writing when she was in Haiti um, at nine. Wow. Um, and it looks like she got her MFA at uh, Brown, is it? Brown University. She had a book. Oh, her first book was Breath Eyes Memory. She's the author of Breath Eyes Memory, which was an Oprah book. Am I getting that right? Yep, you are correct. So Oprah has, I mean, she's kind of got this little low-key, you know, trend going on of picking women of color, first-time writers, and putting them on. So that's pretty cool. I still think she could do better, but that's okay. <laughs> Take the good with the bad. Um, you take them off and then you have the facts of life. Um, right on. <laughs> right on. I couldn't resist. No, it's, it's, it's cool. Yeah, she looks like an exciting writer. There's a lot about her work, um, not just her, her writing, but she um, deals with a lot of um, political things, talks about a lot of politics in Haiti. I don't know much about it, so I'm not going to pretend that I do, but um, she's kind of inspired me to read more and... Um, learn a little bit more about politics in Haiti, especially those having to do with women in Haiti. Yeah, I'm actually interested. Um, I see that she helped out with a documentary about um, women in different generations in Haiti um, and their different economic plights. And so I'm actually going to look and see if I can actually find that. Okay. So this is going to be pretty interesting. Okay, if we find those things, maybe we can put some links up on the site uh, and kind of give people a little bit more. I know we have some listeners who are Haitian and who are probably more knowledgeable than we are, most likely more knowledgeable than we are. So if you have anything you'd like to add to this discussion, um, please consider reading this book and joining um, our book club. How can you want to explain to the people how we're going to do this. Okay, so now that you guys know what the book is, um, just want to give a couple, I guess, guidelines or rules for this. It's very loose and free um, so far. So we've decided that we're going to use Goodreads to facilitate the discussion. Um, we've created a Goodreads group. It is a private group um, in order to just keep us, uh, in order to help us, rather, keep a 
rain on things. Um, so you guys can just send us a DM via Twitter um, at better than TM or email us at better than the movie at gmail.com um, and let us know your Goodreads info, be it your username or email address that you use, and we'll add you to the group. Um, and through that group, we'll communicate uh, when we're going to discuss the novel and discussion questions and all that good stuff. Sounds cool. So what happens if they've already read the book? Can they just join right before the discussion? Yeah, if, if they've already read it, they absolutely can. Just oh. join the group. Is this join. Okay, and we'll be join. ready to talk. And talk. fellowship with some friends about books. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll give us a chance to talk to you guys <laughs> on a more two-way <laughs> Have a two-way conversation with you guys. Um, all right, I'm excited. I'm gonna have to send you my Goodreads info so you can add me to. We're friends. Okay. So, yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Just so everybody knows, I don't know computers or technology or internet, so sometimes I have to be taught. Um. Well, that's it. And you guys, please purchase this book um, from your local bookseller if you can. That's my own personal thing. If if you can't, if it's too expensive or you can't find it, definitely use good old Amazon. Um, but I always try to encourage people if they can get to a book that's a bookstore that's local, especially for a book like this, to give them your your coins. Side okay. note. Okay. Completely agreed. So next up, next up is audiobooks. Audiobooks. I listen to audiobooks. <clears throat> um, I don't listen to them all the time, but I listen to them. Uh, pretty frequently, and you? I have never listened to an audiobook in my life, which is very surprising when I tell people that, because they're like, you like to read, so why haven't you ever listened to an audiobook? But I, I, I always feel like my attention span is that of a um, toddler. Okay. And um, like I said previously, like I'm very good at tuning people up, so... Mm. Um, <laughs> I feel like, especially if it isn't one where um, more than one person is reading, okay. I feel like I'll lose interest. Oh, because you're afraid about the droning kind of right. Like, okay. One of my coworkers, she was telling me, because um, we have a book club at work, and she was telling me that she did the audio book for one of our book club selections, and she's like, oh my goodness, I had to just stop listening to the audio and pick mm -hmm. up the actual physical book mm -hmm. and begin reading because I couldn't deal with a voice that was reading. Do you remember you were going to read, you talk, thought about doing Station Eleven audiobook, and I said, yeah, don't do it to yourself. I understand after finishing the physical book, right? Right on. See? I know, I actually know somebody who, um, I feel like I always like, oh yeah, I know this guy, but I know somebody who um, records for audiobooks. Uh-huh. I met him oh. on Twitter. I was like, that is a cool job. I want to do, I don't have Got out, Kevin Alfrey. <laughs> oh, cool. I don't have the voice for audiobooks, but what an awesome job. Um, let's see. So you don't read them because you don't think you're... You know what? So here's how I started reading them, listening to them. <laughs> um, I used to work in financial services, and it was a lot of, like, dealer trade corrections and blah, 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 spreadsheets, numbers. Mm -hmm. And um, we could listen to music or we could, you know, whatever. That was probably the only way to stay sane. And so when I would get tired of listening to music, I started actually going to the store to get, I mean, not to the store, but to the library to get books on CD. Like I was 72. <laughs> and so <laughs> I would go to the store, I mean, to the library, get books on CD and listen to them, you know, from my computer. But then I figured out. Again, I am a analog girl in the digital world that I could get them 
on my iTunes in iTunes and so I started downloading books um and listening to them at work and I just I would fly I mean I was getting through so many books um because I was listening to them at work and so I I got addicted in that way and I actually read the book do you remember um Slumdog Millionaire yep it's a book called something completely different and um I love that and that's one of the books that I read I remember one of the first books I read on audiobook and it's so good that I got through it pretty quickly. Um and I just started reading them um all of the time. All of the time. And uh unless I always say reading them, that doesn't that doesn't sound right. Um and so I get why people can't do that because a bad audiobook, oh, there was a book by Jesmyn Ward, um not salvage the bones, but the men, we reaped. the men we reaped. And I tried to listen to that one and I couldn't do it. So for me, it just depends on the story. It just depends on the narrator. Um, one of my, one thing that I, that I've heard a couple of times other people do when they're dealing with that, how you said kind of droning and tuning out thing that you might have is some people will adjust the speed. You can actually speed it up without distorting their voice and it helps. Oh, that's um, super cool. Yeah, it is really cool. It helps a lot. And if I'm doing something with numbers or anything kind of, but if it's slow at work and I'm just working through my email inbox or um, doing something kind of mindless, I usually will do it. Let's see, cleaning the house sometimes. Oh, if you have kids in the car and you want everybody to shut up, like <laughs> a good audio book, you want to pick one that's, you know, not too adult but the I, I play them in the car and my daughter is seven and she will listen if it's a really good book she'll kind of stick with the story okay. my son will go right to sleep um <laughs> but it's helped on like long car rides we've uh, driven to Oklahoma uh from here which is about five hours workouts that's a good one if you if you are like me I don't know about you but do you get bored on the treadmills and things like yes, that yes I, yeah. I hate the running in place Right. Feeling. And music doesn't like after a while, music doesn't distract me anymore. So mm -hmm. you, I, I like all of these tips, especially the road trip and the exercising one, because yeah. maybe that'll make me actually work out for more than half an hour. <laughs> it helps because I'm one of those people, people have like their workout playlist and those don't really get me pumped unless pumped unless I'm doing like a certain type of workout, like weights or, you know, high intensity interval training or something, those will help. But if I'm just doing kind of steady cardio or steady bike, the thing that helps me stay on is getting into a really good story. Um, so that those are all kind of, you know, tips. I'm not saying I listen to them in the car all the time, but I'm not saying that I don't. Because <laughs> sometimes if the book is really, really good, I'll, I'll listen to it in the car and then I'll run up stairs and get in the house and like turn on <laughs> turn on my little bluetooth speaker and keep listening at least try to finish the chapter so there's a lot of different ways to get into audiobooks some of my favorites one of my favorites okay so if you're gonna start one really good one with like a perfect narrator um is where did you go bernadette have you heard of oh, that oh i read that book yeah that is a perfect oh per that's the book <laughs> uh, remember i said the co-worker said that she had an issue with the narrator that the book I loved it listen I think that re the reason this book worked for me on audio is because one the author I mean I'm sorry the narrator I thought she was really good and I recognized her voice and when I looked it up I was like oh she's been in a million and five movies um and then the style of the book the way that it's written it's not just like 
you know, a straight story. It's told right. through like emails and notes and little letters. I would think that it would lend itself perfectly to audio because yes. all of those little nuances and like when it, you know. Right. And so I really like, I like that book on audio. Um, another one I read like that was um, Eleanor and Park, um, which turned out really, really that turned out to work really well. Actually, I read, I did Eleanor and Park and Fangirl on audio. And you know what? I don't know if I would have gotten through Fangirl if it was a regular book. Um, I don't know. Just It's just not my world. And the way that teenagers, the kids today <laughs> talk, it would have, I think it would have, you know, went over my head or not interested me. But once I was just kind of like, okay, let me listen to it. It turned out really good. Um, another really good one I liked is Tell the Wolves I'm Home. Have you heard of that book? I have not. Who's that oh. by? Oh, Carol, Carol Riefka Brunt okay. is her name. And it is a really kind of a touching, kind of sentimental, but without being sappy and cheesy. It talk, it's a little bit dealing with like sisters, sister-sister relationships, mother-sister, well, I would say sister-sister relationships, and also um, there's an uncle um, that takes place in the 80s. There's a story here. The uncle ends up dying of AIDS. I'm not spo- spoiling anything. Um, okay. And it talks about just how their family dealt with it all. It's it's not an action-packed read, but it's really kind of moving. At first, when I first listened to it, I was like, oh, no, not going to be able to do it via audio. <laughs> um, but I ended up sticking with it, and I ended up really liking it. Um, and then nonfiction books are also really good audio I don't know why they just work like biographies memoirs um any kind of book like that will work really well for audio they have for me anyway one of my absolute favorites is Amy Poehler's Yes Please because yeah if you can listen to it on audio I was I I didn't really I wanted to read it so badly I didn't care if I got it on audio or an ebook or however but there she uses the characters like there's characters so there's like Kathleen Turner and like her mom and Seth my like all these characters, so it's pretty cool. Like the um, people that she's talking about make appearances, and I that will have to be like my inaugural. Audio. Yeah, yeah, I think it works. I think it really works. I think she did a really good job of it. So, I would recommend since you <laughs> may have a bias against where'd you go, Bernadette, but I still recommend that one. Um, cool. Yeah, I would say either that one or um, or the Amy Poehler. Yes, please are really good suggestions. I also read The Fault in Our Stars um, or listened to it on audio. I don't like that book, but we'll get into it that another time. Okay, because we probably have very similar feelings about awesome. that one. Um, well, speaking of audiobooks. Speaking um, of audiobooks. <laughs> guys, <laughs> you guys can try an audiobook. Um, we are now sponsored by Audible. So if you head on over to www.audibletrial.com, slash better than the movie and you can sign up for a free 30-day trial complete with a credit for one free audiobook and i am an audible subscriber so just to give you a little bit of an idea of how it works if you've never tried it i know there's a million um audible links that go out go around and people you know hear about it all the time but i am a person who signed up for it um through some sort of promotion or something like that and how it works is you get one free credit 
or one, I don't want to say it's free, um, but you get a, your first book is definitely free, and it's yours to keep. If you decide, I don't like Audible, I'll never do this again, um, you are free to cancel it at any time. But if you keep it, what happens is you get a credit a month, and when you get that credit, you can go through and shop for any book that you want. You don't have to just pick from the old books. You can pick for a brand new one. You can let your credits pile up <laughs> if you want. Um, and then you just choose your book and you download it. And it's available across any platform. I've done it on um, a, a, a PC. I've done it on my iPad. I've used my iPhone. Um, and it works easily. I mean, it couldn't be any more simple um, to download books from Audible. I like it. I had some books that I got that I just did not like. Like I started to read it. And like I said, I don't, every book I don't, I can't do in audio, but it's so easy to return it, which I was surprised because there are other companies when you buy things from them, it's yours to keep no matter what, no matter how you feel about it. Right. Um, but with this one, I was able to return it pretty quickly and easily um, and exchange it for something else, which I was just floored. Um, at one point I had to cancel it for a while. And then when I came back, I even had um, a little bit of a pr promotion just for coming back and doing, you know, resubscribing. So I highly recommend Audible. Um, and like I said, uh, check out one of the books that I mentioned before on Audible. Um, with your one free credit, if you go to www.audible.com slash better than the movie, listen to the book and give us a shout us, shout us, shout us an email. <laughs> Send us an email uh, to let us know what you thought of um, any of the books that I suggested and audiobooks if you've never tried them. Okay, so I was super excited for the main part of this episode because we are going to be doing a little throwbackerization and talking about some of our childhood favorites. Yay! <laughs> I, 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 um, I've, I've been a nerd my entire life. Pretty much, me too. Um, <laughs> same, I know we've both talked about being early readers. I remember, you remember Pizza Hut had the book it? Oh, do I? <laughs> So I'm going to tell a slightly embarrassing story, mm -hmm. um, but I think it's funny now at 33, but at seven, um, my behind certainly didn't think it was funny. So um, my parents always raised me to be honest and forthright and always tell the truth. So when the Book It program came out, like I was zooming through book reports. Uh -huh. One week, my dad saw I did like 10. He was like, man, you read all these books like in this time period? And I was like, well, when you say this time period, define time. <laughs> He's like, did you read them this week? And I was like, well, some of them, yes. Others of them, perhaps a week or 12 ago. <laughs> and he was like, so you know I'm going to make you go up to the school and tell your teacher that you've been forging these book reports because this is false. Even though you did read the books, you didn't read them in the allotted time, and you shouldn't have your book at prize. And I was like, first of all, sir, that is very rude, and I do not appreciate that at all. He actually, <laughs> I was so mad because it was book it. Mm -hmm. And then um, they did a, a one with uh, Great America, Six Flags. I don't oh, know really? what it's called there, but um, it's called nothing here. We don't have because <laughs> um, I know they all have these weird names. Maybe um, we have Worlds of Fun. I wonder if it falls under the same. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> nevertheless, but there was a book, you know, the pizza thing, and then um, the Six Flags thing. So. <laughs> He made me go and turn myself in. And my class didn't get the pizza party because I was keeping them fools afloat. 
Because so, nobody else. Huh. So we had it where you had to, you know, we read, like you said, it was the Pizza Hut thing, and you had, you read so many, and you got your little personal pan, and there was a class total, and yeah, I was, yeah, I mean, and there was a girl, her, uh, she was a military brat, her family just came straight from the coldest part of Germany, (laughs) or like Eastern Europe, all she did was read for fun, so we would like take turns, or try to like have reading contests, yes, that level of nerdy. And yeah, we were we were carrying that whole damn classroom. And so <laughs> I was always no, we did a really good job. I mean, shout out to all the kids that carried the other <laughs> the others the Pizza Hut contest. I remember going to the Pizza Hut because we lived in a neighborhood that had a pizza like it was a busy road and then a Pizza Hut across the street. So mm-hmm. we were I mean, I was like, hey, <laughs> as soon as my mom hit the door. <laughs> time to go and it was nothing for me to read 20 books a month or whatever it was so so I remember uh, I would go and this is oh I had to be seven maybe seven six or seven and um going in and I remember I had to write this letter about things people that I was grateful for and you know I would go to this pizza hut and get cashed in and then the guy would make my pizza and you know they're supposed to give you one flavor he would do like quadrants for me (laughs) this is sausage and pepper. I don't know how he did it, but, um, or if he was supposed to be doing it, but I remember in my letter, I wrote, I want to thank Jesus for making my pizzas. <laughs> oh, shout out to Jesus. Jesus did. Really? And my mother just about died because it was like, girl, um, <laughs> are you reading all these books you don't know that man's name is not Jesus but I was I thank the Lord Jesus for making my pizza so, <laughs> there it is oh man so um <laughs> shout out to Jesus and Jesus <laughs> yes Yes. So we want to talk about our childhood favorites. Hopefully, um, some of these will be um, resonate <laughs> with you guys. They'll resonate. Well, we are on it. We are on it with our pronunciation today. Yes. Yes. Um, the first and the goat. No, the goat. We each, we each made a list, and there weren't very many in common. But I think because I was lazy <laughs> and did not get specific, and you did, um, but I think we share some of the a lot of the same. So the goat. The number one, our mains, the Babysitter's Club. Yes. Yes. The magnum opus by Ann and Martin. Yes. Here is the thing. I think every podcast, every um, literary podcast or YouTube video where they do kind of like, what books did you read when you were a kid? The Babysitter's Club shows up 99% of the time. Yes. Like, um, I was, I listened to another podcast where, um, a guy interviews writers one-on-one mm-hmm. and male or female, if you are within a certain age range, like you've read at least one Babysitter's Club book. At least one Babysitter's Club book. A little bit about the Babysitter's Club. The Babysitter's Club is the series of books about, is there seven of them? Seven. Seven and some associates <laughs> that, um, who live in a, a town in Connecticut, a suburb in Connecticut. And each of the girls have different backgrounds, different stories, all very compelling, uh, relatable stuff. And um, they start a club to basically give the parents in their neighborhood a place to call 
uh, one number to get seven babysitters. So it's kind of like an agency, but they would have a club meeting every week. I believe it was Mondays, if I'm not mistaken. And I mean, they had dues. They were officers. It was all very well organized. And um, and then each book would tell the tale of, you know, something, some of the goings-ons in Stony Brook, Connecticut. See, the author of the Babysitter's Club book was Anne M. Martin, who is, you know... And countless others. Yeah. Um, oh. Was she one of those? Did she... Yeah, she okay. was one of those. I had the ghostwriters, too. Oh, okay. Well, I don't like to think about that. Anne was... <laughs> In my brain, I think and... when, we, when we were reading them, it was just Anne and Martin. Okay, so when we, okay. past our era, that's when the Ghost Riders. Came. Okay, okay, that makes sense because there were there are a ton of these Anne spinoffs. Um, and the, there are various members of the group. Um, there's um, Christy, Christy Thomas, President Claudia Kishi. She's the vice president because it's her room. Because <laughs> she has, she's the vice president because she's the only one with the phone line. Yeah, phone okay. phone. There's Stacy, who is the treasurer. Treasurer, yes. Yeah, Stacy was the treasurer. She was glamorous because she moved there from New York City. Yeah, everybody in New York is glamorous. Um, Marion Spire, who had a um, low-key weirdo dad who was very strict. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Marianne into like wear skirts. Like she could wear skirts and penny loafers and ponytails. Yeah, yeah. She is the uh, secretary. Secretary, yeah. And then there's Don Schaefer. Uh, she's a California girl, you know, vegetarian, hippie, surfer, um, divorced parents, very, very LA. So um, <laughs> Mallory Pike and Jesse Ramsey were the senior or junior associates, and they were a little bit younger. And when I say younger, I mean they're like 11. The other girls are 13, which, you know, looking back, I thought it was perfectly fine. And now I'm like, who would leave two 13-year-olds <laughs> to watch? <laughs> Especially all those Pike children, because yeah. it was like seven of them bad boys. Yeah, the Pikes had a ton of kids. And when they would call for babysitter, they would have to have two. But two 13-year-olds on top of, you know seven kids who aren't that much far, you know, that much uh, younger than 13. Yeah, didn't make any sense, but whatever. At the time, I think these books were geared towards girls that were like nine, eight, nine. Yeah. So, so the, you know, at that time, 13 might as well be 18. So, um, I like these books because I really, I like these books because they were kind of easy reads. Um, not that I was reading anything super challenging at the time, <laughs> but there were different girls. They all seemed very cool. There's somebody you can relate to. Like um, a couple of the girls had, uh, was it a, uh, Stacy and Don had divorced parents? Yep. Stacy and Don had divorced parents. Um, oh, no, Christy, too. Christy, too. Yeah. And her mom was like a poor single mom who married rich, which. Yep. I could relate to to an extent. <laughs> Shout out to my mom, sorry. Um, but um and then she kind of kind of straddled that line of being like really well off and then um, you know, her roots in the hood. <laughs> I was gonna say still still keeping it down, holding it down. <laughs> holding it down for the <laughs> south side of Connecticut. I don't know. Um Claudia was Japanese, which was really cool to see there was an Asian American character and she was addicted to junk food. She was artsy. She dressed really cool. I used to love the way they described her clothes. Yes. Claudia um, she was very funky and ahead of her time. Yeah, there was some kind of low. Her grandma lived with them. I yeah. Think um, Which, looking back, is really cool because a lot of my Asian friends um, and African friends, too, um, they're, they had multi-generational 
household. So that was pretty cool. Um, let's see. Marianne's father was widowed, right? Yes. Um, her mother died when she was uh, little, I guess. And then, and then when Dawn and her family moved in, he actually ended up dating Dawn's mom and eventually marrying her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they became stepsisters. But her dad was super protective. Um, but, I mean, you know, you think about it, that kind of makes sense when you think, you know, single dad just doing the best that he can. Mm-hmm. Going to keep her a little girl as, as far as he can, as much as he can. Stacy's parents were divorced and they lived in two different cities. So she would go back and forth to New York for a while. Yeah. And she also had diabetes. Remember that? She did. And Stacy had me thinking I had diabetes for about three and a half days. Did you? I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Sometimes okay. I am dehydrated too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> On occasion, I get thirsty. I remember going to my mom. I was like, I think I got diabetes. And she's like, what are you, what? What's those so sad? <laughs> so. What are you talking about? And I was like, well, Dream Babies Club with Stacy. And she's like, girl, go sit down. Right. Stacy said she got it. But it was very cool of her to put a, a, a child in the book that was dealing with an illness. I mean, uh, Anne and Martin covered all of her bases. You had Dawn. Um, she had a. There wasn't a whole lot to her. She was just kind of there. She was a late comer, which yeah. I'll never understand why they added her, but whatever. She was my least favorite. That she got added was because she became Marianne's stepsister. Okay. She was whack, but her and her family were way different. Maybe they were a lot more casual and loose than Marion and her dad, so maybe they were trying to do something with that. There was Jessica Ramsey, the black girl. Shout out to Jessie. Hey, she was a um, she was a ballerina, right? Yes, she okay. was. And she was like a good ballerina. She wasn't like a you know weekend ballerina. She's pretty good. Um, you know what I did like? I uh-huh. like the fact that um, she actually Anne and Martin, I speak of, um, broached the topic of racism. Me too. Because it could have been really simple for her to be like, oh, Jessie's a black girl, but she fits in perfectly. Yeah, but you're talking about, you know, probably an upscale neighborhood in Connecticut, and there would be some friction if there were no black people before. So shout out to Ann and Martin and diversity. Yeah. Um, I don't remember any of these lessers. Some of the alternates, (laughs) whatever. The only only person I remember is Logan. That's because he was Marianne's boyfriend. Yeah, he was Australian. The rest of these people, I'm like, oh, I do know who Shannon is. She was, uh, yeah. That's Christy's enemy. Oh, yeah. Her arch nemesis. I have no idea who this Abby chick is, though. (laughs) So they did a movie about these there were several spin-offs about these books um these kind of i don't I mean, my daughter reads them now so i mean they still hold up um they're still relevant i think kids just like reading i mean it's like there's what do you i mean you've got entrepreneurship <laughs> you've got all different types of girls here so there's a lot of girl power um, they're able to kind of get themselves out of all kinds of jams, and it's fun. And I think, you know, my daughter's seven. This is kind of the perfect um, age group for this. Definitely not anything written to, um, you know, anybody that's actually 13 or 15 or anything like yeah. that. But I think younger girls enjoy it's these books. the middle grades. Yeah, yeah. And remember, we said before we didn't have YA back then, so it was kind of like this or the alternative, which you <laughs> put down, which was Valley High. <laughs> Oh, Sweet Valley. So Francine Pascal created mm-hmm. this 
lovely idyllic um, town called Sweet Valley, um, and the, the book series followed two twins, mm. Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield, mm. who in every book on page two were described as Tell perfect size six, flaxen blonde hair, and aqua blue eyes and twin dimples. Mm. Every second page of every sweet between the second and fifth page, their description will come up. Just in um, case you forgot. Just in case. And also, Jessica was the bad twin. Elizabeth was the good twin. Mm -hmm. um, they had an older brother, Stephen, um, who, well, I'll come back to Stephen. Um, and then they had their associated cast of characters, like um, those Jessica's best friend, Lila, Elizabeth's best friend, Enid. I'm doing this all from memory right now. Oh, so really go you, myself. go you. Um, there was... Um, the local like playboy dude, Bruce Patman, Bruce Patman. in high school. Mm -hmm. um, there was Todd, who was Elizabeth's boyfriend. Jessica never had a boyfriend because she was too busy being fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's see. Oh, that was the the geek Winston. Winston. I used to have this. I used to have the the game. That's how I remember all of these characters. It was the Sweet Valley High game. I remember they made um, a TV show. Yeah, that was short. It was starring um, who many of you may know as Kelly on the game, yeah. um, Brittany Daniel and her yeah. sister Cynthia. Fun I fact. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> I didn't read these as much as I did the other, um, like Babysitter's Club book or other books. It isn't that I didn't like the series. I just didn't. I don't know. I just didn't. I wasn't one of those kids that consumed all of them. You know what I mean? Like I didn't get them every time a fresh one came out. So I didn't know as much of the backstories, I would just pick them up every once in a while. I did read some of the Sweet Valley University. I remember that when they went to... Because, like, Babysitter's Club, I bought those. Yeah. Um, I actually had all of my original Babysitter's Club books um, probably until, like, 2007. Yeah. Um, okay. I had to liquidate some... Well, not liquidate, but I just needed space, and so I had to get rid of some things, so I gave them to my little cousins. Um, but with Sweet Valley, I would rent them from the library because yeah. I that invested. Yeah. Um, but I definitely... I, I didn't read every single book, but I read the, a lion's share of them. And they had this book called Sweet Valley Saga, and it was... Did you, have you heard of this? Um, wait, is that like one of the ones where it was like just told from one of their point of views? No. Sweet okay. Valley Saga was, I don't know, I picked this up. It had to have been in like a Walmart or something. And it was, um, it was a book of like, oh, I just Googled it. It's called The Wakefield Legacy. Um, Wakefields of Sweet Valley or some shit like that. Anyway, um, it was a multi-generational book about <laughs> <laughs> it started back in like, you know, the I 40s. Yeah. And then it went to the 50s and then their mom and then them. And so, um, I don't know. I just picked it up. It wasn't like I was a hardcore fan, but I never hear anybody talk about it. It's, it talks about the ancestors of the Wakefield twins. You can still get it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, for a dollar, one set. You play your cards right. But I remember reading this, and I remember like getting through it because it was so at the time interesting to me. I probably would rather shoot myself in the face than read that again. But you know, another reason I didn't read these books because they didn't have very many ethnic people. And even as a kid, I was that was very big to me. Like I kind of got tired of listening to the, or hearing about their rich white people problems, and so I just. 
I didn't really get into them as much, but I did like them. I used to do a newspaper for my mom because remember um, Elizabeth was the editor yep. of the newspaper. So I, you know, true nerd that I was, put asked for an electronic typewriter for Christmas. Yes. <laughs> and so I got one and I would type um, a news, my own newspaper like theirs for my mother to read. So, <laughs> Sweet Valley, um, recently, like, oh, it was probably like three or four years ago, mm-hmm. uh, Francine said, oh, hey, y'all, I'm gonna come back and give y'all this Sweet Valley Confidential, give you a um, taste. which picked up with the girls being about my age mm-hmm. um, at the time. Wow. So, of course, as, you know, nostalgia calls you to, I read it, um, and it was pretty freaking terrible. <laughs> Did you read it? I did. Oh my god! So terrible. I heard um, about it, but I wasn't. And and I I would just like to read my Goodreads review of it. Okay, tell me. <clears throat> Trash. Okay. Poorly written, mm-hmm. thinly plotted. I went into this not expecting much, and it lived up to expectations. It is only for nostalgia's sake that I didn't give it one star. Pascal should have gotten someone more in touch with what it is twenty-seven year olds these days do and how they talk because she's still stuck in the eighties with her phrasing, slang, etc. Oh my gosh, is she old? Did she write this? Yeah, she wrote it. She definitely wrote it. And Francine Pascal was born in 1938. Oh, maybe she doesn't know what the the kids are doing. Well, what was so funny, though, is that, like, I remember in, like, either it was the acknowledgments or the epigraph. Mm -hmm. The, um, (laughs) quoted lyrics from the Queen Bee. Um, no, she didn't. Yes, she did. She's all right um, with me then. She quoted B and she quoted Justin Timberlake, which I was like, okay, we're starting this off on a good foot. And then I just read it and I was like, oh dear. Like, okay, so spoiler alert for anybody who may have thought about reading it. Jessica um, betrays Elizabeth and steals Todd from her and now they're together. Mm. Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so Liz is trying to deal with all of that um, their brother Steven is gay, but no one knows. I knew that back when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and everybody else is still who they were. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. all right. And it's, it, and it gets weird because, like, they cuss in and oh, it's, it's so weird. Um, we don't want that. Yeah. Anywho. So, but yeah, so that's Sweet Valley. <laughs> I think that I will pass on that, but I think it's nice that she gave us a little something, you know, to remember her by. That's fans. She tried. And I think I feel like like more than one was written. I only read that first one and I was like, that's more than enough for me. Okay. Well, all right. So don't check that out, but remember her. <laughs> I always think these books are good to pass down to any kids you might know though. I don't know about Sweet Valley. One of the other podcasts that I listened to discussed Sweet Valley once, and there's apparently some weird rapey themes in one of the books. Yeah, so, there is. So I didn't, I didn't catch that as a kid, but I don't know if I would pass that on to my kid now. Um, let's move to where do you want to go next? Um, you can pick. Did you everybody read? Were you a Judy Bloom kid? No. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But I wasn't like like I I did the fudge books I did um are you there God um but I, like I didn't read like um what's it forever or no I didn't read forever but I know yeah 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 but like so I'm I'm very I'm surfacey okay I think I read almost all of Judy Bloom's books um 
some of the ones that were for younger kids I didn't. But I started off in third grade, one of my uh, teachers, she, I don't know how we got on this tangent, but one day she started talking about super fudge or tell of a fourth grade nothing or one of the two. Mm-hmm. And so we all ran out after she finished describing it. It sounded so good that we all tried to get it from the library, uh, the school library, and it was checked out for months. And so my mom just ended up getting them for me. And then after that, I was just hooked on her books. And so I could say probably from, what are you, nine, eight in the third grade to when I was about mm, 12, I was a big Judy Bloom uh, fan. And I didn't read Blubber. I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't read uh, Forever like so many other people did. Um, I just never did read it. it no for no reason. By the time I figured it out, I was kind of past Judy Bloom, like figured out the significance of it. Um, right. I know it's, but I didn't, I was past Judy Bloom at that point, but I read, oh my gosh, so many of these. I'm looking at her bibliography. So many of these multiple times. Of course, Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret was like one of my favorites. Um, and then Blubber, Two was one of my favorites. It was really, you know, a traumatic read for me at the time. I wasn't a fat kid, but I could relate to being bullied. And they did Blubber so wrong. That wasn't her name in the for real, but yeah. Um, there was uh, starring Sally J. Friedman as herself. I loved. Um, oh my gosh, there were just all of these. There was a story. Which one was about moving? There was a couple that were about moving to another city another town and like it was a boy I don't remember anyway I read so many of these and so many of them kind of related to things that were going on in my life that I ugh, you know people get sentimental about Judy Blumen for good reason so I'm still passing on are you there goddess me Margaret to preteen girls in my family but you remember they had the part about like the maxi pads were attached to a belt <laughs> like that was I didn't know what that was when I was 12 or 11 so now they're definitely like, um, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, they're like, why does she have to put her finger in the phone? How come she didn't just, why did she get stood up at the movies? How come she didn't just call him? You know, there's a little bit of that, but the books, the themes overall, I think still stand up. So shout out to Judy Bloom. She's coming out with a new book for adults. Yeah, because she, didn't she release one like a couple years ago, I want to say? Maybe. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like maybe. I don't and know. And then she's got a um, Tiger Eyes, which was one of the books she made into a movie. It's a little independent thing. You could probably find it in your Netflix or iTunes or something like that. So yeah, she was a big person to um, pretty much all of her books probably have been banned at some point or another. So she's a big advocate against her. She is a big anti-censorship person because of her her books being banned constantly on damn near anyway so she was huge for me as a kid you're up (laughs) so another fave of mine was um all of the Ramona Quimby books by Beverly Cleary Ramona was such a brat but I lived um (laughs) and I think the the main um, reason why I related to her so much is because we were both the younger bratty sibling. Okay. Um, and um, unlike her, I didn't grow up with my siblings in the same house as me. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, when we did get together, they treated me like Beezus treated her. Like, <laughs> come on, girl, be gone now. Um, and so, and she's also like very like imaginative. And um, she thought outside the box a lot, which I really appreciated. Um, I remember they did like a little, I want to say they, it was once like Disney or Nickelodeon or one of those like made like a TV series 
um, that I remember like checking out from the library and watching. But yeah, I I I went up for Ramona in all of her various <laughs> adventures. Um, I couldn't stand Beezus. I thought she's a jerk. I was happy that Henry never liked her because I was like, he was always a jerk. He also says anyway, so he shouldn't like you. <laughs> yeah, well, deep seated um, emotional feelings coming out. Uh, you know what? I don't have. I didn't read Ramona books. I think I read one, and I don't remember it. Okay. And after that, I never read any of them. So. I think of my daughter, the way that I've, you know, read up on them and I'm listening to you now, I think my daughter would probably love these books. Yeah, yeah. I'd recommend it. I'd recommend I, you start with uh, Ramona Quimby, age eight. That's the one I think I did read, but it's been so long. Yeah, that was oh. one of the jams. Um, yeah, so, or Ramona the Pest, which, rude. <laughs> <laughs> she was misunderstood. She was. Let's see. She was misunderstood soul. I recommend Ramona. Oh, okay, okay. I think I will get Miss B into those, and then we'll see how she likes them. I'll report back. <laughs> She's a pretty voracious reader too. Um, let's go. There's one that you put on your list that I'm like, yes, Harriet the Spy. Yes, Harriet the Spy was awesome. I absolutely adored Harriet the Spy. It was so creative, and you know, it's kind of a you know, it, it's not just centered around Harriet. There's all these great characters um, in the book and people that are in her in her neighborhood, people that, are, that she sees on a daily basis. They all have a part in the in the book. Um, Harriet the Spy, do you want to give a quick synopsis or do you have one? I remember it. Yeah, um, okay. just really quickly, this is just going off of what I remember. Um, she was like 10 or 11. And she wanted to grow up um, and become a spy. She would uh, follow these people, like her friends and family members and classmates, um, <laughs> on her little spy route every day. Um, and at, she had a, a, a nanny whose name mm. I can't remember, um, who was basically the one that helps cultivate her, like, um, uh, you know, to write down her thoughts and feelings. And oh, like, golly. Oh, golly. golly, oh, golly, oh, golly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, um, and then there was her best friend, Sport, mm-hmm. the boy, mm-hmm. and Jane, the girl? I think so. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Nevertheless, but at some point, um, she loses her handy nanny notebook that she writes all of her observations down in, and <laughs> the S hits the F. Yes, it does. <laughs> it sure does. And these kids were so horrible to each other. They were terrible. Yes, but it was it's such so, a good like. Talk. Did they like try to? Because they didn't know who wrote it, and they were trying to like figure it out, like who was the spy or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think so. I just love this book so much. It spoke to the little nerdy kid inside of me or who I was at the time because she was like she was nice and she was a little bit spunky at home but she was kind of you know into her writing and into her spy work and then you know but she was giving quick sharp reads in that notebook (laughs) (laughs) so her friends did not react well to that and it was really relatable when you think about that point in your childhood when you know there would be these big you know dramas over nothing but it would just be earth shattering you know, to everybody involved. And, you know, as an adult looking back, it's not a big deal. But when you're a kid, it's like, all of my friends are mad at me. I'm going to die. Like, it was a big deal. Um, but yeah, that book um, 
is one of you know what that's book one is one of the few uh, that had that Upper East Side rich people theme mm-hmm. with the nanny that didn't like fall into some of those stereotypes and maybe because it was published in 1964 before right. you know we decided that everybody that lives on the Upper East Side is crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, it was one of my favorites. And it's one of the few bo- uh, books uh, where the movie adaptation is probably just as good yes. um, as the book itself. So, yeah, I think I like it. I like that book a lot. That's a good one. I'm glad you put that on the list. Speaking of movie adaptations where the book is equal, mm-hmm. another fave is Matilda. Matilda! Yay. So I didn't do much Roll Doll like um growing up. Like I, I never read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um I think I may have read James and Giant Peach, not sure. But Matilda was my absolute jam. Right. Yeah, me too. I never read the watch the movie, but I did read the books and I liked them a lot. Oh, uh, the movie is super cute. Mm-hmm. Um my little cousins are like obsessed with that movie for a while, so I could probably Quoted backwards and forwards because they played it so freaking much. Um, but it's a uh, it was with um shoot what's her what's her name um Mara Wilson yeah yeah so she was hot and she was in like every movie that came out in like ninety something or whatever. She was um, a cutie bear, the little girl from Mrs. Doubtfire. If you don't know, yeah. and Karina, Karina, no, that's not Karina. Karina that's that mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the movie is super cute. Actually, uh, your daughter might really enjoy it as well. Speaking of, she did. Mm-hmm. She um, read this book. It was one of the first books that she read. Um, not the first chapter book she read, but one of she's. I, I've said it three times. She's seven, um, and it's one of the first kind of classic kid classic books that she read on her own. Because oh, sometimes wow. the language in the books that were published a while ago can be kind of dense. Um, so it was kind of, it was challenging for her, but she loved the fact that Matilda was a little girl who just read all the time because that's how she is. Um, she was so smart, mommy. She could move things with her mind. She was so (laughs) tickled by that. So, um, yeah, she's very proud of having read Matilda on her own because she was, I mean, she had her little dictionary out looking up the words. Oh, so. (laughs) That is the cutest little image. Look, I'm just imagining her with a little pocket Webster's. Oh, she was ready. She was like, Mama, I don't know these words. After a while, I was like, you're going to have to look them up. So she did, and she's into it and loved um, loved Matilda a lot. So any kids or people that you know who are bookish, Matilda's your one. She's the jam. Um, her parents were jerks. <laughs> yeah. every, I feel like everybody, every adult in that in book Roldo. is a jerk but Miss Honey. Yeah. Rodol, I think he's had a pretty good... That's kind of what he does. There's always a bunch of adults who are just freaking terrible. And then a a couple of others that are... There's always, like, a few that are nice or one or two that that are nice. redeems all of the rest of adult kind. Um, yes. Yes. Another one. You have some really good ones on your list. This is a little known. This is for the true, true nerds. The third third level. Black belt nerds. Uh, Sarah Plain and Tall. (laughs) We had to read. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. We had to read Sarah Plain and Tall for school, and everybody else was like, "Oh, girl, get the hell out of here!" Like the other kids were not into it, but me, I was all into. Because like I didn't really go up for like Little House on the Prairie. I did. (laughs) Sarah Plain and Tall was my jam. I think I read Sarah Plain and Tall like three times. No, I like. 
I read it so much that um, I remember I had like a little, it was a little pink hardcover copy of it, mm-hmm. and the pages began to fall out. That's how much And the Lifetime was, no, I'm not Lifetime, Hallmark movie. I think there was a Hallmark Sarah Plain and Tall movie. Which I'm I sure there was. But Sarah Plain and Tall was about, she was basically a mail order bride. Yeah, she was okay. a mail order bride. And she goes to the planes. I don't remember which planes to um, for this family that has one son and one daughter. I don't remember their names. Caleb um, and Anna. Anna. Mm-hmm. Anna. I just looked at it. I cheated. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she just came and she brought you know love to these two kids who were living with their dad, who was pretty much a workaholic. I don't think he was unkind. He just you no, know, he just didn't have the time or yeah energy to. And not to say that he didn't love his children, but yeah. you know he's plowing the the planes, like plowing the planes working, and working working a farm, like and there. He's giving a child love and affection. Yeah, he has things to do. Where I am with the donkey and make sure the fields are all right. So. Yeah. So he is very much, um, it's a good book. I think um, there's some farm type drama that occurs. Uh, nature, man versus nature type conflict. Um, and there's feelings of like, or dealing with death and grief. Um, it's really good. I think, um, I think I read this book maybe third or fourth grade, third grade. Um, I think it would be appropriate for anybody that age. Now, this is not going to be, if you've got a kid that's always got a, you know, video game in their hand and they just won't get with this kind of, you know, you don't want to force the issue because I get it. But if you have a kid that's a pretty good, voracious reader, you might drag that out and see see if you can get them into it I just personally I just when I saw that on your list I was like oh we are the same I couldn't have been <laughs> I, I need to like find a copy of Sarah Plain and Tall like it's 338 on Amazon 321 for your Kindle um and I'm not even and there's an audiobook from Audible um so we'll cost you Yo. more credit that might yeah. have to be my first audiobook since you already know what's gonna happen yeah so there's no, I mean, I've never heard another uh, book lover mention Sarah Plain and Tall. So oh, we're, yeah. we, we supposed to be, let's do one more. Um, okay, can we do two more? Yep. Because I would be remiss if I didn't mention Charlotte's Web. Totally. Because I, I remember the exact moment that I received that book. Tell me. So my mama used to go, um to this nail shop that was like 20 minutes away from where we lived mm-hmm. and she would take me with her every time she went to get her nails done and the woman who owned the shop um she had a daughter that was probably like three or four years older than me and she's like every time I came in I had a book so she's telling my mom like oh your daughter likes to read like my daughter has all these books she wants to give away blah 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 so <laughs> for the first time in my life I received a huge box of books um and Charlotte's Web was smack dab on the top and I remember reading it immediately like in the shop while I was still waiting on my mom to get her nails done and I was mm-hmm. like oh, they got talking animals what is what how old were you, you I was like six or seven yeah 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 I think that's a perfect age for this book um I think I saw 
the movie. They played the movie in school half to damn death. And I saw the movie <laughs> first. And then I read the book. And I, um, of course, liked the book better. I think by the time I read it, I was probably a little old for it, but I really did like it. it it's just a classic. It's an awesome book. Um, I bought the movie for my kids. I tried to do the book. And at the time, I don't think that they were ready for it, but I think I could probably get into Charlotte. So now this whole podcast is, uh, this particular episode is inspiring me to pull more classics for my kids um well I say my kid my littlest one he won't sit through but um I think I'm gonna start doing that more because these are really good kind of timeless timeless books and sometimes we get so caught up in like oh let's have read Harry Potter which is a new classic I think but right um some of these just kind of there's not a lot of tech or magic or um wizardry or you know fantasy everyday stories being told i mean there is fantasy because the animals talk but you know what i mean (laughs) in my last all the others that we talked about like here at the spine things like that right right those you know just deal with everyday everyday stuff drama which oddly enough with these being my favorite books i'm i'm one of those people that i'm really drawn to books about real life um, I'm not a big fantasy person. I will read it. I'm not closed off to it. But I think this is really interesting that most of the books that were some of my childhood favorites were rooted mostly rooted in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I was going to say for my last was actually a focus on the author, which was Lois Lowry. Um, Lois Lowry was like, hey, little kid, let me <laughs> mess with your feelings. <laughs> um, when I read her books I just oh gosh Lois Lowry has so many books I'll tell you the very first uh, my introduction to her was um Number of the Stars have you ever read Number of the Stars I don't think I have yeah you can go read that now it'll take you under like <laughs> it's and I say that with great anger because <laughs> I remember being a kid I was in fourth grade Mrs. Terrell's class and she would read a book to us every day not one book but you know a chapter so yeah Mrs. Terrell was a little bit of a sadist because we read this book and no, right before we read this book, we read freaking Bridge to Terabithia, which was just rude. (laughs) I mean, you talk about got the whole, all of the kids in the class crying um, over Bridge to Terabithia. And so then right after that, we didn't keep things light. We just kept it going. We (laughs) went with Number of the Stars and Number of the Stars is a book that you'll see still to this day is kind of required reading. Um, I see it a lot of times at Barnes and Noble when they do like their reading, summer reading lists and stuff for kids. Um, Number of the Stars basically takes place during World War II in Europe. Um, A quick synopsis, it's like German troops are coming in, they're relocating, quote unquote, relocating all of the um, Jews of Denmark. And so this girl, her name is Anna Marie Johansson, I had to look that up because I didn't remember. They take in her family, I mean her best friend, and they conceal her as part of the family. Okay. And so they try to get her um, to where they're going, which is to Sweden, where the uh, German army is not occupying uh, Sweden. And so they're trying to get them over there. Uh, yeah. So in fourth grade, we went through a lot because Miss Tara liked to read us sad books. But that kind of started... <laughs> Right. That kind of started a um, a trend with me. I really got into books about the Holocaust. So like from fifth grade to sixth grade and maybe a little past that, I would pick up a lot of books like the K. No, not the K. Um, oh, I don't remember. 
there was a couple of, of really good ones that I read. But anyway, she got me in that, into that. Then there was one called All About Sam. Um, and I think there was a series. It was like Anastasia. Do you remember those? Yeah, the Anastasia Krupnik books. Yeah. yeah. So Sam was her brother. Yeah. Um, and she, I was really into Anastasia Krupnik because her family was just cool. Like, <laughs> and she had that neighbor that was really cool. Was her neighbor's name Gertrude or something? Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, but anyway, she was very good. Uh, she gave us Anastasia. Most girls read Anastasia. I don't want to say just girls, but people who read the Anastasia books. It was probably about seven, seventh grade, sixth or seventh grade. Um, those were some of the last, her and then um, a few others, those were some of the last kind of yeah, uh, children's books I read before I splintered off into adult books. So Lois Lowry, all up in your feels <laughs> if you read her books. <laughs> I don't know. Do I even want to do number the stars to myself? Yeah, I think it's worth it. I mean, no, mind you, <laughs> I was nine uh, when I read it. But I, you know, I, I get a little sensitive, so I might still be. But people were very into The Giver still. I never even yeah. read The Giver. When people were like, you know, Lois Lowry, The Giver, I was like, no. But if you say no. Anas- Anastasia or Number of the Stars, yeah, I know her from those books. She was pretty uh, prolific. She actually has a lot of books under her belt. Yeah. Um, I was looking at her bibliography earlier. I was like, holy crud. Yeah. So this is a good reminder of for me to pull some of her things for good old B. Oh, wait. Okay. I know we said that was the last one, but I have one, one, one. Okay. One more. It's our show. We can go. <laughs> as long as we want. We do what we want. Um, the Wayside School Story. Oh, yeah. Wayside School. Those are fun and cute. Well, stories from Wayside School. Uh-huh. I love about those the book that was, I mean, about the school that was built terribly because instead of building one story with 30 classrooms, they built 30 stories with one classroom with each story. <laughs> and, like, weird stuff would happen on, like, what was it, the 13th floor? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like... Oh, silliness, nonsense, but then, I don't know, it's hard to describe what those books are. I mean, they're definitely funny when you're a kid. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed them. There's Wayside School is Falling Down and Sideways Stories. Sideways Stories came first? First, yeah. Okay. Those books are still really popular because I remember, I've been trying to get those um, for Brooklyn for the last <laughs> several months, and they the, the holds list at my library for Wayside School is Falling Down is super long. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I think it's because they don't have that many of them. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. And so many people want to read them. But I was surprised that there was a waiting list at all because they're not, <laughs> you know, these books are, like, from the 80s. but Right, and it's not, like, typical, like, canon. Yeah, yeah. like, when you think about, you know, like, classic books, like, people will bring up your Lois Lowry's, your Beverly Cleary's, mm-hmm. your White's, you know. Um, but anybody like, yeah, girl, Louis Eckhart, like, <laughs> yeah, no, but those this, are super funny. I remember those. I ones. remember the, even the kids in school that didn't read very much like those books. And so maybe people just, you know, recommend them or get them for their kids. You can get a lot of these kids books like Holes. Oh, my kid, uh, Brooklyn and I, we loved Holes. It's a movie. We watched it yeah. on Netflix. And that one was really good. I was going to say um, a lot of these books that we're mentioning are still available and a lot of them are in Kindle. Kindle also has the whisper sync technology. Do you know much about that? That's where um, you can listen as well as read, right? Right. And it works perfectly, like seamlessly. You open up your Kindle app and you read to chapter two and then you get on your Audible and it'll start reading from chapter two. So, um, Oh, that's dope. I think it's really cool. And I always like my, my, um, Brooklyn was an early reader 
And one of the things that we did to really get her to like and appreciate reading, and you know, we didn't do sight word flashcards, but we just did a lot of reading, was get her to audio books because she could kind of read around, read along, and look. Yeah. Um, and it was really, really helpful. So I, I think that technology would work in that way. Um, so you might look into that. So if you buy the book on Kindle, you can pay a dollar extra for Whisper Sync, or if you get it on Audible as an audio book, you pay like a dollar fifty extra for the for the book version. That's dope. I um my younger cousin who is um my part time son. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get him into doing more reading. Mm-hmm. So I think the Whisper Sync thing, because like I struggle with trying to find um books that will engage him. Right. As well as that are on his um, reading level because he right. has a slight learning disability. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think like stuff like these sideways stories and things like that um, would keep him engaged because he's, you know, in his silly boy stage right now. So. Oh, and I highly recommend Holes. My brother, I mean, he's a grown man now, but I think Holes was, I remember him reading Holes um, and he read it and he never reads. Like he was not a reader at all. He, not, he didn't have any issues with reading as far as I know, but yeah. there are a good list of books for kids and especially boys that don't like to read um, because of the, usually the subject matters what gets them on top of any other issues they might have with it. So Holes is a really good one. You might actually like that one. Okay. I'll have to go ahead and purchase that for him. He just got a brand new tablet, so he yep. doesn't know when he's about to get the Kindle app. It's three ninety nine on Kindle. <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely one of those that, you know, there's a lot of adventure, like a lot of boys like, and then it's about boys that are kind of sent to like a a camp for you know quote unquote bad boys and then yeah I remember the movie because yeah, yeah. um, I remember they had that catchy song that I will not sing right now okay then it'll be stuck in my head you might really forever like which magic was in that movie Shia LaBeouf Shia LaBeouf was the boy. he was still Louis Stevens yep <laughs> right on but yeah those are some of our favorites I think we can post some of, I mean we'll post some of these on our bookshelf that's new um the better than the movie bookshelf is on the better than the movie scorespace.com um, you just go to bookshelves and you'll see it's actually a bookshelf <laughs> and um, um, you can see little you'll see the covers there thank you for putting that together yeah and <laughs> you guys um, click um, on the actual books on the shelves it'll click through to um, a brief description of the books on uh, the website Shelfari um, which is where I got the little widget from uh, so that's super cool so we always mention a ton of books in all of our podcasts, and we wanted to give a way to keep track of those if you're wanting to read any of them. So that is it. We'll put all of these and then some of the ones that we didn't talk about as well um, on our bookshelf. I yeah. don't believe that we have reached the end of the road. Shout out to Boys to Men. Um, <laughs> we would like to invite you guys, if you're enjoying the show, to um, please rate and subscribe us rate us and subscribe to us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we would encourage you to follow us on Twitter. We are better than TM. Um, we are also on Facebook. You can mosey on over there and give us a little like too at facebook.com backslash better than the movie. I always get the slash thing wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as Tamika mentioned previously, um, our whole, uh, home website where we house um, everything is better than the movie dot squarespace dot com 
And um, our individual Twitters, if you'd like to follow us, I am at um, Twitter at Miss Hellion. That's M I S S underscore H E L L I O N. Um, somebody asked me where I came up with that. My mom used to call me that because my middle name was Michelle, so she'd call me Miss Hell. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> and I am at Lit Fangirl. That's L I T F A N G R L. Awesome. So this is a good show. I hope that um, everybody got a lot out of it. Again, um, if you want to try audiobooks and give us some feedback, um, please use our uh, link at audible.com. Dot com slash better than movie. Also, if you guys want to share with us some of your um, childhood favorites, feel free to either tweet us or send us an email at better than the movie at gmail.com to share some of your faves with us as well. I think that's it. We gave a lot. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.